not going to ask you to raise your right hand, and I'm not going to ask you to repeat after me, but I am going to ask you, in the back of your mind, to say your full name. In the back of your mind, say your full name. The name that's on your birth certificate, the name that's on your social security card, perhaps it's the name that Maybe your mother said it at your time of baptism or a time of dedication. I want you to say your full name because, you know, perhaps your mother said your full name in those moments up in front of the altar. But I know uh, that I can guarantee you that your mother said the, your full name in other moments of your life. Because I know my mother said my full name in other moments of my life. You know, Paul Arthur Gould. And I tell you, when my full name came down, that was not going to be a snuggly moment. <laughs> that was going to be a moment where when the name, when the full name came down, you know that, you know, this is a time to pay attention because what's coming down is really important. You know, in the scripture this morning, I want to let you know that the disciple Peter had a full name. And it wasn't Peter. Peter was the name that was given him by Jesus. It means rock, but that, that wasn't his full name. His full name was Simon, son of John. And you may have noticed in the scripture this morning, that is how Jesus addressed Peter in the scripture this morning. Simon, son of John. That address is used in the very beginning of the Gospel of John when Jesus first calls Peter to follow him. And now it's used at the very end of the Gospel, the very last chapter in the book of John, when Jesus is clarifying for Peter what it means to follow him. And so as we read the scripture this morning, we find ourselves in, you know, one of those uh, pay attention moments. We just need to know that when we're coming into it. Simon, son of John. And usually when you're coming to those pay attention moments, you know, what comes next is the statement. What comes next is, you know, here's what I want you to do. But, but you know, it's always more a little bit unsettling when the next thing is a question. And that's what comes this morning. Jesus calls us, Peter into the moment, calls us into the moment, and the next thing that comes is a question. And it's not simply any question, it is a core question. It is a question that cuts right to the heart of the matter, right to the meat of the matter. Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? You know, have you ever asked that question? Has anybody ever asked you that question? You know, if you've been in those moments, you know that those are moments, you know, that really matter. Those are moments that really matter when people ask that question. And I need to kind of help clarify it a little bit because the word love that Jesus uses in the, in the scripture this morning is, is uh, Greek has... Uh, three words for love, and, and this particular word for love is agapeo, which means totally self-sacrificially lay down your life kind of love. You know, kind of the love that your, your grandmother has, your mom has, and you know, that kind of lay down your life kind of love. And so what Jesus is saying to Peter is do you have that kind of lay down your life love for me? 
And then when he goes next, he sharpens the question even more. And he sharpens the question like this. He says, do you love me more than these? And more than these, you know, you, you, as you read that, sometimes you kind of think, well, well, who's he talking about? He's at the breakfast at the beach. He's got six other people sitting around the campfire. Is Jesus pointing the finger at the other disciples and saying, you know, Peter, do you love me more than everybody else who's around the, the circle here? And, and I, I tell you, I don't think that's who he's pointing at. Because also, as you think back in this particular picture, Peter and these other six have just hauled in this huge catch of fish. And so what you got is you, got, you have these nets in the shallows and the fish flopping all over the beach. And, you know, and, and Peter, you need to know that Simon is a fisherman. I mean, he loves the catch. And, and he loves the big catch. And so Jesus comes along and says to, to Peter, he says, Simon, son of John, focus in. Do you love me? Lay down your life sacrificially more than these more than what you used to love with everything that you had because fishermen, man, they love to fish. And basically what Jesus is laying out for Peter, he says, Peter, you know, basically, are you going to be Simon, the fisherman, or Peter, the fisher of men? Are you going to love the Christ? Are you going to love the catch? I mean, in some ways, what he's doing is helping us to understand, and when it comes to love, particularly sacrificial love, what it does is it makes choices. And you and I know that. You and I know that what happens with sacrificial love is that we come to a place where we have to make a choice of what we love more than, you know. And, and as we make those choices, what we're doing is we're, we're kind of setting priorities for our lives. And so what the scripture invites us to do is to begin to reflect on those priorities. Do you love, do we love the Christ and those around us in our lives more than other things that might call us away from them, more than, than other things that might you know, divert our attention and our energies, more than things that we might use to kind of you know, just please ourselves. Jesus is pushing beyond that boundary as he says, Simon. Do you love me more than these? And then Simon's got the answer, and we heard the answer when we read the text. He says, yes, Lord, you know, you know that I love you. It's, in a way, you know, when you get in those really pressurized moments, sometimes you want to break that tension. And so when you say, yes, Lord, you're kind of, boy, can I, can I get out of this thing as fast as possible? You're kind of trying to step out of it. And you and I need to know that what happens, you know, when Peter says, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. When somebody says, yes, Lord, that's consequences. <laughs> you know? What happens as soon as we say, yes, I love you, it has consequences. We also need to know that when Peter responds back to Jesus, he uses a different word for the word love there. What he's saying back to Jesus, he says, yes, Lord, and it's the word for friendship. It's really like, yes, Lord, I love you. I've got you on my speed dial. Yes, Lord, I love you. You're in my fab five. Yes, Lord, you're my BFF. Yes, Lord, you know, I've given you all thumbs up on Facebook. Yes, I love you. You know? And, and what Jesus is doing is beginning to clarify for Peter, you know, yeah, we can talk about love, but we need to understand the depth of what we're talking about. And so what he does is he comes into that place where he says, as soon as you begin to say yes, it has consequences. Love is more than words. And, and we all know that too. 
Jesus says, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Who are the lambs? They are the littlest. And they are the least. And they are the hungriest. And they are the neediest. And oftentimes it has nothing to do with age. And oftentimes it has everything to do with those people that need my attention and need your attention. You know, those are the lambs in our lives. And when it gets to the notion of feeding the lambs, that sounds very, you know, it sounds so pastoral and everything. It sounds so kind of ethereal and beautiful, you know, feed the lambs. But, but I want to tell you, in my family, uh, a number of you know, we've just gotten into the baby business about a month ago. Not my wife and I. We're not in the baby business. Uh, we have, we're in the grandbaby business. Yeah, she's getting worried about, oh, my gosh, we are. No. What an announcement. Happy uh, Mother's Day. And no, we are in the grandbaby. And, and what we found, you know, it, it, what we've seen in, in our daughter-in-laws, and when you come, you know, to the notion of feeding the lambs, uh, that's an ongoing business. You know, I mean, it, it, it's on demand. I mean, it just never stops. I mean, and usually the way the demand comes is it's not like, you know, our, our, our granddaughter saying, hey, you know, is it time for, for supper now? That's not how it comes. Usually it comes with like a screen, you know? And that how, that's how it comes, you know, with the littlest lambs in our home, and that's usually how it comes with most people. Because most people, when they have this need and this hunger, a lot of times what happens is there's a scream involved, and it's, you know, a lot of times not vocal, a lot of times just the way they, they're living their lives, it's just kind of the way they're acting out, it's kind of where they're coming from. But what we're asked to do is to kind of tune into that and to hear, to hear what's happening in those moments, you know, the notion of feeding my lambs. And so what you get into is that you get into this thing, and I'm sure my, my daughter-in-law feels this, like this sometimes when she begins to think, you know, in this ongoing feeding of the lambs thing, you know, what just happened to my life? You know, I've not been a mom, but that's what I would be thinking, what just happened to my life? And I tell you, when you start to think that, you kind of getting to tune in on what sacrificial love means because sacrificial love is kind of about what just happened to my life because I've been so busy kind of pouring out my life in different directions and different people and caring in different ways that that what begins to happen is I, I lose a sense a track of kind of of where I am and who I am and kind of meeting my own personal needs because I'm pouring out and I'm loving so what you begin to see is when Jesus says, feed my lambs, that sacrificial love, he's inviting us into that place. He's inviting Peter into that place, inviting us into that place. And then, you know, you wish that Jesus would just drop it there. You know, I'm sure Peter wished that. He presses on. He asks him a second time. It's the same, you know, attention, Peter, Simon, son of John. It's the same question at the same depth. Peter responds at the same depth. It's, you know, it's the same thing. And then Jesus then responds, you know, with a, with a little bit different consequence. Instead of feed my lambs, it's tend my sheep. It's the good shepherd asking the followers to shepherd. And what shepherd means is to provide and protect. And we all know that we live in a, in a society and in a culture where protecting and providing is important. It's important for our children, and we all know that because there's a vulnerability 
and where there's a vulnerability, there can be a time where, where people can become victims. They can become victims of bullying at school or social media. That can happen to our children. It can happen in a broader community where some of those who are God's lambs, particularly women and children, find themselves in a place where if they're not provided for, they do become prey for predatory elements in our community. And so when Jesus says, tend my sheep, what he's doing is to, he's calling us to know that we have responsibility for protection, responsibility for provision, not only in our own homes, definitely in our own homes, but beyond our own homes, into the other hearts and homes within the life of our, our community. And so I think Jesus pushes Peter there, and then Jesus pushes Peter, goes there again a third time. And it says in the scripture that when he goes there the third time, that what happens to Peter is it says Peter was grieved. And what that lets you know is that Jesus was hitting Peter. That what's happening now is that Jesus has Peter at the level that he wants to be talking to Peter on. He's talking on this heart-to-heart level where all of a sudden Peter's beginning to look into his own heart. He's beginning to look into his own life. He's beginning to say, well, why is he asking me a third time? You know, well, you know what's going on? What's really going on here? And, and so he says, Peter says to Jesus, he says, Lord, you know everything. I want to tell you, that's right. Jesus knows Peter's heart. And he knows Peter is one who has denied him three times. And he knows that that's part of what's going on deep down in Peter. And so he knows that what Peter needs is that Peter needs to be restored. Three times denied, three times restored. And so that's, I think, why Jesus works the process three times. Where he addresses Simon directly three times, Simon son John, asks the question three times, do you love me? Gets the response three times, yes, Lord, you know I do. Commissions him three times. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. He works them through the process. Because for every denial, there's a restoration. You know, I need to know that. Because there's times in our lives where either, you know, in some ways, whether it's directly to Jesus or sometimes just how we treat our neighbors and friends and family, that, that there is a denial. And we need to know that Jesus always has a heart for restoration. restoration so that not only does Jesus know Peter's heart but that Peter knows his own heart he knows in the restoration that he has said yes that he has said yes to knowing that love is a choice one choice putting some things and people above other things he's made that choice saying yes to knowing that he has affirmed that he loves Jesus, to saying yes to knowing that he is willing to step into that place where he will not only say the words, but live the life. That he has said yes to loving sacrificially. And in saying yes to loving sacrificially, what he's saying yes to is loving people the way Jesus has loved He's just taken that love that Christ has poured into him. He said, yes, Lord, I'm going to now pour that out into others. 
in ways that what begins to happen is in that yes, that yes that we say, the yes Peter says to the Lord, I love you, that that yes goes out and touches and blesses the lives of others. You see, when you and I say yes, the scripture says this morning, we don't know where that's going to take us, and we don't know what that's going to ask of us, but what we do know is that that's the way that we step into glorifying God in our lives. For Peter, what that meant was going to a cross. And I don't think, you know, that's necessarily all the, every time that we say, yes, Lord, I, you know that I love you, that that's where it's going to take us. I, you know, in fact, I was reading in the paper this morning in the sports section that where it took Donna Torres is just taking her to the ballpark this afternoon. Now, I don't know if y'all have read uh, the sports section today, but it was a great story, you know, a great Mother's Day story. And what happened in that story is that here we have Donna Torres, and she's a single mom. And she had a son that loved playing baseball. And so what she did, she just kind of all her life kind of organized life around her son and his skills and abilities in ways that what began to happen is he, he grew in that. He grew in the game. And so today he's out playing the game. In fact, uh, on Thursday night he had two homers. It's Mike Napoli. It's Mike Napoli's mom. You know, but what's important is not that he learned how to swing a bat. When you read through the scripture this morning, what he learned from his mom, and it says this in the headline, he said, I learned how to treat people. I learned how to respect people. I learned that from my mom. He says, whether we had we didn't have. My mom was always there to give, to give help to anyone who had need. I look at that and I said, you know what Mike learned from his mother? Learned sacrificial love. When you're there to give to anyone who has need, you know, that's, that's what sacrificial love is about. And today what we do is we celebrate not only Donatoris, we celebrate all those who have taught us that truth, who have taught it with their lips. I think more significantly, those who have taught it with their lives. We celebrate and remember and give thanks to mothers and our grandmothers and those significant nurturers and, and all those who have shaped us in ways that, that when they say, yes, Lord, you know, I love you, they have lived out that love with us. And they have blessed us in that love. And so, you know, we celebrate that and we give thanks. And we know that the best way to honor is to imitate because I want to tell your friends what the text does. It doesn't just celebrate sacrificial love in the lives of Peter and the lives of others who have lived it. It invites us. It invites us into that place where I say, where you say, well, I guess backing up, where Jesus says, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to repeat after me. I'm going to talk about your full name. I'm going to talk about the ways that I invite you into those places. You love me. You love me. May God bless our answers. All to God's glory. Let's pray together.
Gracious God, we give you thanks for the ways that we answer that question, do you love me? With our lips, with our lives, we give you thanks for the ways that your spirit strengthens us to rise up so that we may make the choices, so that we may do the work, so that we might step forward in the sacrifice in ways that we know that this glorifies you and that this shapes the lives of others. Today, we thank you for those who have that witness, brought that witness into our own lives. And we pray that we might carry that same witness into the lives of others. Lord, let it truly be to your glory this we ask and pray in Jesus' name.